It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. All right, everybody, we welcome you aboard. It is episode number 179 of the Locked on Redskins podcast back from a long weekend. I apologize uh, for a couple of days without a fresh episode, but A, there wasn't much going on. Uh, There was a couple of things late on Friday afternoon. B, uh, I was with my kids in Canton, Ohio, uh, and trying to spend a couple of days with them without overly working too much. Uh, But as part of that trip, uh, and that folds into something that I wanted to start off this episode, episode 179 of the Lockdown Redskins podcast with, was my first ever trip to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I posted some pictures uh, at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins, as well some pictures at Russellmania 621, uh, and on Instagram, uh, Chris Russell DC. Uh, Chris Russell DC is my Instagram handle. Uh, so you can check out more pictures. I'm going to get more pictures up as soon as I can. It's just been kind of hectic and trying to do everything. Uh, and I can't spend too much time doing uh, superfluous stuff. But needless to say, it was just an amazing, amazing experience to kind of walk into a place that I had been on the outside of. I had actually. Um, been to Canton, I don't know, six or seven times to visit my kids over the last couple of years, but had never been able to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I had driven right past it. I had locked my keys in my car, getting out to take pictures of the stadium one time uh, where they play the annual Hall of Fame game. And I just had never had a chance to go. So I had about a three-hour block on Friday morning into Friday afternoon before I had to pick up my daughter from school, and I said, I'm going. And I'm very thankful that I did. I didn't get to see everything. I had to kind of move fast and quickly. But, you know, the first thing that, you know, I kind of got to experience was uh, a little seminar, if you will, a little educational seminar on the history of football helmets, and they went decade by decade by decade display by display display of the technology in football helmets and how uh, it's changed and how the sizes and how the weights and how the structure and how the padding and just how the infrastructure of football helmets has changed and evolved over the years and where they're going and what they're doing. Uh, And I, I didn't realize this one thing, you know, in a league where everything is so uniform and literally they have uniform code violations where a guy stands in the end zone as teams warm up and they find people and they write down violations. Uh, the Hall of Fame said that there's 43 different types of approved helmets, which is just mind-blowing to me. Um, kind of crazy. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then you get a tour of one of the rotundas, if you will, and it goes decade by decade by decade with huge milestone moments, um, certainly illustrated by, again, 
you know, some Super Bowl moments, some changing of the league moments, TV contracts, instant replay, that type of thing with different artifacts and seeing some of the stuff, how the NFL started 100 years ago as we embark on the 100-year episode, a 100-year anniversary, rather, of the National Football League. And knowing that, again, it started in Canton, Ohio, of course, duh, the Hall of Fame. And seeing just some of the artifacts that I took and I was able to kind of, you know, see for the first time, just amazing. Just uh, just phenomenal to see where this great game that a lot of us love has gone in 100 years. To see a team-by-team scoreboard, if you will, um, and chart of every team that's played in an NFL game, including many defunct teams and their year-by-year-by-year records, uh, is pretty interesting. They have uh, this big... Uh, board in one of the rotundas upstairs in the top level of the Hall of Fame, which tracks all of the teams that have played, including the teams that have been in the league the longest. Everybody knows about the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers, right? They're going to kick off the 100th year of the National Football League. Does anybody remember that the Cardinals? Yeah, they started in Chicago. But does anybody remember that the Cardinals, the team that plays in Arizona, has been in the NFL the longest? Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, nobody seems to talk about that. So that was another interesting thing. And then getting to see all the uh, the Hall of Fame busts, of course, arranged in one room, um, you know, arranged by year of induction. And seeing the great Redskins, of course, Joe Gibbs, uh, who just had his team and Denny Hamlin just win the Daytona 500 a week and a half ago and Daryl Green and Art Monk um, and, uh, and, and you know, all of that and Bobby Beathard, who was just recently inducted and Bobby Beathard in one of the rooms of the Hall of Fame downstairs. Actually, what they do is for the current class of Hall of Famers, they have Hall of Fame lockers on display in one area. And then eventually that gets replaced by the new crop of Hall of Famers after their induction. So uh, this upcoming August, it'll be a new group. When the new group gets in, Champ Bailey, Kevin Mawai, Gil Brandt, and others, they will take place in this one main area of the Hall of Fame. But getting to see Bobby Bethard's locker at the Hall of Fame, quote-unquote, and it had all sorts of artifacts, game balls, you know, from his time with the Redskins and um, an issue of the Washington Times, just uh, really cool stuff to kind of see and explore, and again, all of the Hall of Fame busts, and if you don't appreciate football history and see uh, the the design and how realistic these busts are, uh, despite not being realistic at all, um, it is pretty amazing, right, to go around and, and, and to think of all the, the legends that have played this game, not only for the Washington Redskins, but, you know, four teams in the same division, the New York Giants, the Dallas Cowboys. There were plenty of Giants flavor uh, there, of course, with Bill Parcells. Uh, and Lawrence Taylor. Uh, Sonny Jurgensen, obviously, I saw his uh, bus, Bobby Mitchell, uh, right on top of each other. Sonny J, uh, who I got to work with for five years with the Redskins Radio Network and Bobby Mitchell, right on top of each other uh, in the Hall of Fame, you know, in, in, in their bus. Uh, just amazing, an amazing experience. And then to see 
the current room or recent room, uh, which is a recent display of NFL achievements and feats. And uh, Adrian Peterson uh, has a little display in there from his performance in Arizona in week one in his Redskins debut uh, with his cleats and uh, something else, I forget, uh, that resulted from that game and also Jordan Reed from a win for the Redskins a couple of years ago against the Cleveland Browns uh, and his jersey and uh, believe his cleats are in there. I put some pictures up of this again uh, on social media, uh, on Instagram, Chris Russell DC, at Locked Redskins on Twitter, at WrestleMania621, and I'll continue to add some pictures uh, to the collection. Just an amazing, amazing, amazing trip uh, to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. If you've never been there, I highly, highly suggest uh, that you do. All right. So that's a little recap of my Friday and therefore my weekend. So let's get to some actual news because that's probably what you care about the most right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Again, this is episode number 179. Good to have you aboard. Um, So we'll, we'll end this first segment and then we'll get into the compensatory pick and the final draft order for the Redskins, or at least the initial final draft order uh, in the next segment. I do want to point out and tie together something that we did a lot of last week. There was a lot of reporting about the Joe Flacco situation and the Redskins' supposed interest and reported interest. Uh, We found out from multiple sources, Adam Schefter, two people in Denver, uh, and Ben Standig of NBC Sports Washington, that indeed the Redskins did poke around, have some level of interest, uh, did check uh, with Joe Flacco. That's what apparently pushed John Elway and the Denver Broncos over the edge to make a deal. Now, of course, again, the deal cannot become official. So theoretically, I guess the Baltimore Ravens could go back on their word, not trade Joe Flacco to the Denver Broncos, trade him to the Washington Redskins, uh, and I guess look bad all in the same shot and pull the deal off. I don't know. Uh, so I-, I would never rule anything out, especially when it comes to the Washington Redskins. But We reported last time on episode number 178 that my colleague Craig Heist, who covers a lot of the Baltimore Ravens home games, uh, pretty much all of them, uh, and has been around the Ravens franchise for a long time. I have no idea who his source is. I I don't know and I don't care. That's none of my business. But he reported on 106.7 The Fan uh, on Wednesday night that He was told, he heard, that Joe Flacco was the Redskins' number one choice, the Redskins' number one target. So we mentioned that in the last episode. Again, episode number 178 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Now, of course, that was met with some brushback, as you would pretty much figure, from all sorts of reporters then scurrying around and saying, that's not true. And I get it. I understand. Everybody's got a job to do. I don't take offense to it. It's just part of the business. Anytime you report something, uh, especially if it's hard to prove and it doesn't immediately become verified by the team, you you run the risk of the opposite side of the coin because then the message gets out and shaped and carved and so on and so forth. And clearly, the Redskins do not want this notion that they were chasing hard after Joe Flacco because it's not exactly a good sign for their faith in Colt McCoy. It kind of tips their hand for the draft, so on and so forth. But Craig Hoffman, 
who covers the Redskins for uh, my station, 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C., which you can listen to on radio.com wherever you are, uh, and you can hear me, of course, a lot on there, said about the reported heavy interest or targeted interest in Joe Flacco, quote, there was interest in Joe Flacco in that he is a professional quarterback. That's about it, end quote. So that was his spin. So he's kind of dismissing what Heist had heard. I don't know who's right. Um, Certainly the Redskins have something to protect here. So maybe uh, that is where that's coming from. Maybe they're kind of dismissing it. I don't know, and I don't really care. You can form your own opinion. You can think whatever you want to think. I cover the news. I have opinions on it. I think it would have been a terrible, terrible mistake for the Redskins to be in the Joe Flacco business, not because Joe Flacco can't play like so many are going to tell you and because they're going to quote a bunch of statistics. I think Joe Flacco can still play. Can Joe Flacco stay healthy, number one? That's a problem. Number two, I'm not paying Joe Flacco $18.5 million worth of salary uh, because it's not good enough at this point, quite honestly. Um, I know he's won a Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl seven years ago. I don't care. Seven years ago in the NFL might as well be decades ago. It just doesn't matter. I, I get that he has a championship and a playoff pedigree. I got that. I understand that. I get that sometimes that can help you and will you and a veteran quarterback, a calming presence. I get all of that. I'm not paying Joe Flacco $18-plus million a year in salary, and it's more after this year if you decide to keep him. I'm not doing that for a guy that, A, one, can't stay healthy, B, has average, if not mediocre, stats and performances, uh, and there's lots of reasons for that. And again... Not when I already have, for 2019, a minimum of $22 million already invested in two quarterbacks that can't play or I don't think can stay healthy enough to play. So I wanted to end this first segment. It's a long segment with the Hall of Fame trip and as well clearing up the Joe Flacco thing. We'll probably put that to bed unless something else comes up. Coming up next on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 179, we will get into the compensatory picks and selections that the Redskins received from the NFL officially on Friday, as well the official draft order for the Redskins, where they size up how many picks they have, where they pick, what rounds they have, what they don't have. We'll do all that next, plus a skin spotlight. And we're going to honor the Dopey Oscar Awards skin style, red skin style. Stay tuned for that next on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you aboard. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, everybody, we welcome you back. It is episode number 179 of the Locked On Redskins podcast. I am your host, Chris Russell. You can follow at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins for unique and Redskins only content. Uh, And we try and put up as many 
cool and interesting stories as the w- that we find. Uh, in addition to, of course, promoting the podcast, it would really help if you follow. It would really help if you spread the word. It would really help all of that. Um, and again, thank you for downloading. Again, uh, thank you for listening. And don't forget, when you get in your car, all you simply have to do is if you have one of these smart devices, say play podcast, Locked On Redskins, baby, and away you go, man. Hands-free, easy, comes up. If you have a smart device in your car, you get in. Instead of listening to whatever it was that you were going to listen to, instead of finagling around, you say play podcast, Locked On Redskins, or any of the Locked On podcasts, uh, that we have covering any, any, any NFL team, college, uh, and, of course, NBA right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's get to it here because we've got a lot to get to in a very little time because I went a little bit long on my Hall of Fame story. So the compensatory picks from the NFL came out, and as was correctly predicted by many different sources, including OverTheCap.com uh, a long time ago, and as many thought – The Redskins did indeed get four compensatory picks, four compensatory picks in the 2019 NFL draft. Here's the picks that they got. They got the first overall compensatory pick at the bottom of the third round, which is number 96 overall. Again, it is the first compensatory pick, of course, that from losing Kirk Cousins. They got the 173rd pick overall. That's the bottom of the fifth round, the bottom of the fifth round as another compensatory pick. They got a sixth round, number 206 overall in the NFL 2019 draft, number 206 overall as a compensatory selection, and they got pick number 253 in the seventh round, which is second to last as a compensatory selection. So again, the four compensatory picks that the Redskins received, which is what everybody kind of thought they would, which also allowed them to use a supplemental pick in their mind as they had calculated it for Adonis Alexander last year in the supplemental draft, which again, remember, he cost them a sixth-round pick in this year's draft, and that's important because we'll get to the entire order right here and right now. Of course, we know the Redskins pick 15th overall in the first round. Everybody understands that. Everybody has been kind of focused on that. In the second round, because there was a three-way tie for a record, and because the Redskins, again, got assigned the 15th pick, and they do that by strength of schedule and all that and this weird, complicated formula, the Redskins actually pick 14th in that round and 46th overall, 46th overall, and not 47th, again, uh, which would be 15 picks in, uh, 14th in that round, 46th overall in the second round. In the third round, the Redskins actually go up. Remember, we mentioned a couple of teams tied. Again, they this continues, and they rotate by rounds. The Redskins actually go up another spot to the 13th pick in the third round. The 13th pick of the third round, which is pick number 76 overall. So, again, the Redskins have three picks right now in the top 76 uh, of the draft. 
number 15 overall, number 46 overall, number 76 overall, and then you throw in that compensatory pick, the top compensatory pick, which is the 33rd overall pick of the third round, again, number 96 overall, which means, of course, again, the Redskins have four picks right now in the top 96 of the draft. Now, of course, they traded away a fourth-round pick, number 16, or the 16th pick in the fourth round, number 118 overall, as part of the HaHa Clinton-Dix deal to the Green Bay Packers. So they do not pick at all in the fourth round, and they did not get a fourth-round compensatory pick. I'm not sure if they thought they were going to get a compensatory pick in the fourth round and did not. We'll have more on that in just a sec. And that's why they chose. I don't know, but they don't have right now a fourth round pick because their pick in the fourth round was traded to the Green Bay Packers again in the haha Clinton Dix deal. So that's something to keep in mind. They do not have a fourth round pick. Recent fourth round picks, Monte Nicholson, Samaj P. Ryan, Troy Apke. So certainly uh, they haven't really hit on any of these fourth round picks yet. Um, the fifth round. Features two picks for the Redskins. Number 15 in the round, number 153 overall, and number 35 in the round, number 173 overall. Number 35 in the round, number 173 overall. So you have that. And then, again, we mentioned the supplemental pick spent on Adonis Alexander, the corner out of Virginia Tech, that they got him into the system a year early. They had him as a fifth-round grade. Uh, They spent a sixth-round pick on him. Again, that costs you a pick when you use it as a supplemental draft uh, in 2018. In this case, you, you don't get the pick in 2019, and that's exactly what's happened here. The 14th pick in the sixth round, was forfeited by the Redskins by virtue of the supplemental draft to choose Adonis Alexander. So the Redskins lose that sixth-round pick, but they have the number 34 pick in the sixth round, number 206 overall uh, as, again, a third compensatory pick. And finally, wrapping it up, they have the 13th pick in the seventh round. That's their own, number 227 overall, and then, again, the number 39th pick in the seventh round, second-to-last, number 253 overall. Again, second-to-last last year, they ultimately wound up with the last selection, and that's how they got Trey Quinn, so please do not dismiss that. Speaking of Trey Quinn, we're going to put him in the skin spotlight uh, as we wrap up here uh, on the Locked on Redskins podcast in episode number 179. All right, so that is a rundown of the compensatory picks and also where exactly – The Redskins slotted in, in case you weren't able to keep count, that's nine picks, nine picks overall right now for the Washington Redskins. One first round, one second round, two in the third round, no fourth round, two in the fifth round, one in the sixth round because, again, they forfeited their other sixth-round pick by virtue of the Adonis Alexander uh, acquisition in the supplemental and two in the seventh round. So that is a total of nine draft picks. All right, as you know, The Oscars were on Sunday night, depending on when you are listening to this. You know who won all the awards. I don't really care about the Oscars, but I thought, hey, you know what? Everybody else does, and I thought we would try and have a little bit of fun with it here on the Locked on Redskins podcast uh, and do something a little bit different. So I came up with the Oscars Redskins style, and I came up with a bunch of categories, tried to assimilate them into 
football and the NFL, not exactly easy. And I tried to come up with some candidates. This is completely myself. This is not a voting process. If you don't like the results, too damn bad. You can fight with me on Twitter. Uh, again, at Locked Redskins, at WrestleMania 621, or you can email me, WrestleMania09 at gmail.com. Hopefully, you won't have your hair too much in a twist. All right, for actor in a leading role, Actor in a leading role, yes, that is, of course, a Grammy, I mean, an Oscar award. Uh, I took that and interpreted that, of course, as best player. Your nominees are Adrian Peterson, Dustin Hopkins, Ryan Kerrigan, and Jonathan Allen. Your winner? For actor in a leading role for the 2018 Washington Redskins, Adrian Peterson signed just two weeks before the regular season began. How about that? 1,250 total combined yards for the ageless wonder. 33 going on 34. Unrestricted free agent and looking to come back. Adrian Peterson wins for actor in a leading role or best player in the skin style Oscar Awards. Actor in a supporting role. Player who played a critical role without necessarily being the lead. The nominees are punter, Tressway. Center, Chase Roulier, the only offensive lineman to stay healthy. Deron Payne, first round pick out of Alabama. Matt Ioannidis, left defensive end as part of a good group there. And Preston Smith, a unrestricted free agent and somebody who doesn't exactly um, have a lot of love seemingly right now from the Washington Redskins and as well the media and the fan base for actor in a supporting role, player who played a critical role to the Redskins' success and or stability. This was a tough one. I could have easily gone Tressway. I certainly could have made an argument for Rulier and Deron Payne. Ioannidis was banged up for a couple of games. That hurt him. I'm going to go with Preston Smith. I understand his sack numbers were there. It's more than just sack numbers. He had pressures. He had hits. He had an impact on games, and he got better at run defense, and he was better than he has been. Not great. Better than he has been in terms of pass coverage. I think Preston Smith, while, again, falling way short of what the Redskins needed in terms of the overall dynamic sack impact and huge play impact, I think Preston Smith kind of fits what you're kind of an ideally looking for in the actor in a supporting role category. Best director, which I took to be coach. Jay Gruden is a nominee. Of course, he's the head coach. Ben Kotwika, the now former special teams coordinator, now with the Atlanta Falcons, and defensive line coach Jim Tom Sula. Everyone else kind of stunk, to be quite honest with you. And as I said all along, from when we started this Locked on Redskins podcast and took it over from Hollywood Nick Ashew in mid-October, I think Ben Kotwika and the Redskins special teams did the best job overall from Tress Way to Dustin Hopkins with some monster kicks. I know they didn't get anything out of their return game. I got it. I know they gave up the long 
punt return in Jacksonville. But outside of that, they were pretty much swarming all year long on both kick and punt return coverage. Uh, and overall, they did not kill the Washington Redskins this year like they have in years past. So I think overall, Ben Kotwika, more than Jay Gruden, more than Jim Tom Sula, who had a lot of talent to work with, um, to me, wins the best director or coach in the Skins Oscars. Best picture, which I interpreted as best performance on the year. Arizona, a nominee. Green Bay, week three at FedEx Field. Dallas, also at FedEx Field. How about Carolina? Off of the short week and the bad loss at New Orleans. How about the road win at the New York Giants? Or road wins at Jacksonville and at Tampa Bay. And the Oscar for the Skins goes to, for best performance, i.e. best picture, I went with the win against the Green Bay Packers. I know the Green Bay Packers did not make the playoffs. I know the Green Bay Packers fired their head coach, Mike McCarthy. I know Aaron Rodgers was not healthy for that game. I know they were off of an overtime tie. I got it. I got it. I got it. I understand. It was still a really good win. They ran the ball effectively. They got up early. They gave a little bit back. They had one defensive breakdown. They buckled down, and then they put the game away from start to finish against a decent team, if not a fairly better than decent team, not a good team. It was probably their best overall performance. And finally, the final Oscars skin style award that we came up with. Again, just trying to play and have a little fun here. Uh, for writing uh, or adapted screenplay, which I kind of converted into the best game plan, the best game plan for the Washington Redskins this year. Arizona week one, where they came out, ran the ball down their throat. Jacksonville on the road. Tampa, where they clearly allowed a ton of yards, but then completely annihilated them and clamped down in the red zone. At the New York Giants, the win there, good run game, short, crisp, effective passing game for Alex Smith early. And the Oscar for the Skins goes to, in my opinion, as we said at the time, the win on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars. After a horrendous home loss to the New York Giants the week before, Josh Johnson in his first NFL start. Uh, performed admirably. He's not a good quarterback. We all know that. He doesn't throw for consistency and accuracy. That's why he was out of the league. Jay Gruden finally did a good job with a short, crisp passing game, which he doesn't do a good enough job of. Uh, a lot of slants, some rolls, screens, naturally designed stuff, quick release stuff, uh, little squib routes, smokes, that type of thing. Get the ball out of his hand. A couple of deep shots that were inaccurate but were at least enough to keep a defense, a real good defense, honest. I thought Jacksonville was the best adapted screenplay or writing Oscar for the Redskins. All right, this is a really, really long segment, so we're going to have to come back and we're going to have to put a finishing touch on this episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast next on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 179. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, everybody, we welcome you back here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. So I tell you what, we're going to make a game plan adjustment ourselves. We're not going to be able to get to a lot of the content we had outlined, including our skin spotlight, uh, which was scheduled to be Trey Quinn. Again, Mr. Irrelevant from last year. So we'll do that on the next episode, episode number 180. I promise we will get to that as we kind of try and keep this as short as we can, but also provide as much content as we can. Much more content to come on the next episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. Adios. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.